morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek, early in the morning Bible study. Praise God. I hope you've got yourself something to drink, as I've got a little coffee here. Praise the Lord. I know that some people say that coffee is not healthy. Well, praise, praise the Lord. I just believe it's blessed, and I believe that if we, uh, you know, of course, you can't pray over and bless something that's poisonous, but I believe that coffee is a blessing from the Lord. And I know there's many who would agree with me. Praise God. I think there are some people that uh, they would even criticize orange juice. <laughs> Pastor Stephen, you shouldn't drink that. It's not good for you. Well, I think there are some things that are certainly not good for you, but I think, I think there's many things that we can enjoy. Hallelujah. I know that there's uh, the critics out there of even coffee, but I believe it's a blessing. So uh, just find what makes you comfortable and happy. And I thank the Lord for uh, my nice drink. I hope you've got something as well. Why don't you grab your Bible? Praise God. Well, I know there's even critics of the Bible, but my friends, we receive all things with thanksgiving. You know, the Apostle Paul said, to the pure, all things are pure. But to the ungodly, you know, everything's tainted. Everything is corrupt. Everything's crooked. But uh, we thank God that we can walk with the Lord and view things from His perspective. Praise God. Now, today I would like to talk with you about how to set yourself up, prepare yourself for a very memorable Christmas. And I believe that as we talk about a few things today from the Word of God, that this Christmas will be the best Christmas you've ever had, the smoothest, the most peaceful, the most enjoyable, and really a time where you really connect with the Lord during what is normally a, a, a time of rush, rush, busy, busy. And I think a lot of people, uh, despite all of the Christmas decorations, maybe even having a manger set, uh, a full scene of the manger set up in their lawn, a lot of people still don't really connect with the Lord during this very busy time. So let's talk a little bit about that today. We'll be in the book of Galatians chapter 5. Maybe you already have a sense of where I'm going. Uh, I want to talk today about the fruit of self-control and how with this fruit today manifested in your life, you'll really enjoy the Christmas season and you'll tap into what the Lord has for you during this time of year. So let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word that your Holy Spirit, who is the producer of spiritual fruit, that He would come and illuminate the Scriptures and illuminate the eyes of our understanding, that we can slow down during this end of the year and reflect on all that You've done for us and all that You're doing, and of course all that You would like to do. So God, we just thank You. Let the fruit of self-control come forth over the holiday season in a very abundant way, just like the abundance of eggnog and Christmas cookies. Oh God, let there be an abundance of self-control. Now we thank you in Jesus' great name. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're talking today about how to have a very memorable Christmas. Now Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 uh, it lays out the nine fruit of the Holy Spirit. They're very beautiful, kind of like what's on the table right here. We have grapes, strawberries, extra large jumbo grapes, apples, lemons, uh, all kinds of goodies. Well, it's like that with the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of various 
fruit. Uh, they each have a different flavor, but they're all essential uh, for our walk with the Lord. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, none of us would have any doubt that that one's going to be first. But the one that we want to talk about today is last. Oh, Pastor Stephen, it's last because it's not really important. God just stuck that one in there at the end because, you know, it doesn't really carry much uh, value. So let's just put it at the end. Let me tell you why I think that the Lord put something so important, such as self-control at the end. Because I believe that love, which clearly would go first, that, that of course in the Greek is agape, agape love. That's a selfless love. <laughs> There's uh, uh, at least five different kinds of love that are uh, mentioned in the Bible. Uh, there are, uh, you know, the ancient Greeks, they had many different takes on love, a lot of different words to describe love. Uh, unfortunately, in our English language, we, we get it all jumbled. Uh, I love God. And then turn right around two minutes later. I love ice cream. Really? Wow. Well, okay. That's why I like New Testament Greek because there's a, you know, the difference is brought out when you begin to study the Word of God. So I believe that love being listed first is very understandable, but I believe that self control listed last is also done on purpose. I believe these are the two ends of the bookshelf, okay? This is what's holding up everything in the middle. And if you don't have love and you don't have self-control, well, you know, a lot of the good stuff in the middle, it's not really going to be flowing. So these are the, these are the, the cases, you know, I have, um, I have a lot of books. Uh, you get all these books lined up. You don't want them sliding over, tilting over. You've got to have something at the end the hold them both up. Okay. The hold everything in the middle up. Okay. That's what you have. You have love and you have self-control. You put that in there. There's going to be an abundance of fruit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, many times, of course, called patience. Um, uh, but the word actually technically is long-suffering. Uh, some of the modern versions, I, I, I can agree with it. I, I agree with patience. I like patience. Patience is a lot more uh, fun to talk about. I think just the very term long-suffering makes us a little bit maybe uh, nervous. Lord, do you want me to suffer? Uh, you know, every time that word is used, it's not referring to suffering with sickness or disease or something that the Lord redeemed you from. But the word long-suffering, sometimes translated in uh, more liberal translations as being patience, always when you look at it in this biblical usage in the New Testament, long-suffering is referring to situations that God has you in where it's usually a relational issue, where you have somebody in your life that really uh, requires you to be patient. That's why the word long-suffering is still a very accurate translation, because it's just like, Lord, I've got to still put up with this person. I've got to, and the Lord's like, yes, just like I do with you. <laughs> I'm sure we all have given the Lord a lot of um, reasons to be very, very uh, patient with us or to have long endurance with us, long suffering. Uh, maybe long endurance would be a better way of looking at that. But either way, 
it means that there is a tolerance of love for somebody, not giving up on them, uh, but just believing that God's going to continue to do a work. And oftentimes down the years, you'll see that there is remarkable progress by the grace and by the, by the grace of God and by the fruit of the Spirit, where without long suffering, we just throw people on the bus, say, hey, you're not, you're not vital to me or whatever. Uh, even, even Mark in the gospel who bailed out on Paul and Barnabas later, later gets his act together. And it's, it's him that most of the scholars believe that wrote the gospel of Mark, which, you know, is my favorite gospel out of the four. And that, that came from a person that it appeared jumped ship on Paul and Barnabas and basically said, Hey, this is, this apostolic stuff is, is too intense for me. I want out and abandoned them while out on the mission field. So it's things like that long suffering patience that if we, uh, you know, just honor that and develop that in our lives really proves of great value. Let's continue on. We have kindness. I love the fruit of kindness. Uh, you know, kindness really stands out in a world that's getting more crude and more brazen with sin, where there is a disregard for the well-being of people, even for the um, the life of people, even where life is very much belittled. Kindness really does stand out. Then goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and then we come to today's um, uh, wonderful topic, self-control. Against such there is no law. In other words, there there is a law against certain things that God has said, that's wrong. Don't do that. Uh, there's also other things you can have just as much as you want, such as apples and oranges. You can eat them all you want. You know, the Lord referring to certain things that were uh, kosher basically said you can have all of that that you want. So, you know, onions, cucumbers, uh, you know, apples and oranges, they're not going to hurt your body. Eat as much as you want. Um, there's no law against it. You can have just as much of the fruit of the Holy Spirit as you want in your life. It's not like God's going to say, now you're showing too much agape love. You're showing too much joy. You need to be sour for a while. No, no. You can have just as much of the fruit as you want. In other words, it's not like God's going to pull you over for speeding. You've gone over the limit. You're, be, you're being too excessive with your agape love. No, that's not going to happen. You can have just as much as you want of this in your life. So here we have mentioned self-control. I believe that your Christmas can be very memorable if going into it, okay, we're still a few weeks out, if you will go, in, go into it with a mindset of self-control, praise God. And I'd like to give a few, a few tips about the holiday season and how if you will be just mindful of the fruit of self-control, it will be a very, very wonderful time of the year for you. Uh, number, number one, because uh, I'm speaking to uh, primarily those in the North American culture, uh, and when Christmas time comes around, and our culture here in America, it's all about eating. And if you're, if you're honest, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's about the food. Now, I know in other parts of the world, maybe it's a little bit different. But I, I know that those here in America that love to celebrate Christmas, um, it's, about, it's about eating a whole bunch of food. And I don't know why, but every time 
you know, we have these uh, family Christmases together. Maybe me and my wife travel out to California to be with her family. And, you know, when everybody gets together, it's a lot of people. You know, she, my wife has a lot of sisters. And uh, and then, of course, you get all of their children together and uh, all the husbands who are big eaters and we're all together. Well, let's say that the meal is scheduled to be served at 1 o'clock, the big Christmas meal. I don't know why, but it seems like the food is never ready until 3 or 4 o'clock. So everybody is just getting so hungry that by the time it's ready, it's ready to eat. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's just like not only are people going to eat, they're going to eat as much as they can. And, you know, when I grew up in the South, uh, you know, I grew up in Mississippi and eventually migrated to Texas and so forth. But in the South, it was um, it was just something that you were, you were not really considered a man unless you went back and had second helpings. And you, you weren't really even considered a real man unless you could go back for third helpings. And each helping, I'm talking about a plate <laughs> full of food, loaded. I mean, stacked maybe six inches high. Well, unless you went back for a second helping, you weren't really considered to have developed in the manhood. And if you're a real man, somehow you would plow through and finish all of that food on your plate and go back even for a third helping. And, uh, you know, my grandmother would say, mm, that's good. And that, that, you know, in that culture, they were proud of you. Uh, if you could knock out, you know, three massive plates of food and my grandfather could, and he had quite a belly. I mean, I, that, that belly was way out there, but he could, he could hit on back for that third helping with the plate literally piled up that high. That doesn't even include dessert. And we're, we're talking like at least three pies, probably three cakes and ice cream to go with any one of those servings. That That's just the way it was. <laughs> so Christmas, um, I want you to exercise self-control. And I say, I want you to, I believe I, 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 I since I'm inspired by the Holy Spirit to share this message with you today, that you don't end up in a place where we have to haul you away from the table in a wheelbarrow. And, you know, here's the thing. When you're eating and it's like a buffet, and you've got all this food of, you know, lobster and shrimp and, you know, uh, baked honey, baked ham and, uh, you know, just on and on it goes and steak and uh, whatever it might be. Wow, when you've got all that food, there's, there's a place when you start eating, even if you eat slow, there's a place where you keep getting more food in you where you realize I'm full. If you'll stop there and just say, you know what, you know, I can eat maybe some more in three hours or, you know, or something like that. But if you'll just stop when you get that sensation of almost full or full, you'll be okay. But if you go over that and you think, I don't care if I'm full or not, I'm going to keep on eating because the table is spread and I'm going to gorge all I can. You know, if you do that, what will happen is you're not going to feel good in about 30 minutes. If you'll stop when you first sense that you're full, what will happen is you'll go sit down somewhere and relax. You realize, well, I'm glad I've stopped when, I'm, when I did. I actually feel really full. Well, if you override that sensation that God put in our bodies to govern these mechanisms of eating, uh, if you override that, just keep on, you know, shoving it in. 
um, you're not going to feel good later. And you're certainly not going to feel like praying for anybody later. And you're certainly not going to feel, uh, you, you know, like, let's get up and go do something. No, you're going to want to just lay down and, you know, it's not, it's not a good feeling. I want to encourage you, my friends, during Christmas, <laughs> not just on Christmas Day, but during Christmas, don't, don't gorge and stuff yourself and uh, because this is just what we do. Well, that's what the heathens do. That's what people do that um, I, even a lot of Christians do, and you know, sadly enough. But you know what? The fruit of the Spirit is not something that we just throw out on Christmas Day. I'm not saying don't enjoy yourself, but you and I both know there's a point where, you know what, let's not just, you know, try to break the record of how many slices of pie we can eat. I mean, you can come back and eat the pie later. It's not going to go anywhere. Praise the Lord. And I, and I like pie. Oh, yes. I, I like all kinds of pie. I like pecan pie. Uh, I know that's kind of a uh, one of those, not everybody's into pecan pie, but I've always loved pecan pie. I lived in Texas for many years, and a lot of the times we had pecan trees in the in the backyard, front yard, or whatever, and uh it's a big thing in Texas. I, I like pecan pie. I like cherry pie. I think if out of all the different pies that I like, apple probably being in the top three as well, that cherry pie by far is number one. Praise the Lord. But you know what? Uh, uh, we're not going to run out of pie. We're not going to run out of lobster. They're, they're still out there in the ocean. We're not going to run out of steak. Still a lot of cows out there. It, it's not going to go away. So I'm saying you don't have to gorge and do those things to yourself. You want to stay in the Spirit. You want to walk with the Spirit uh, all the time. Can you say yes? Praise the Lord. This will help you to have a happy holiday, a happy Christmas. And, you know, even at, at workplace, a lot of times uh, a lot of food comes in. And maybe you have a lot of options to just, you know, go for it. And, uh, you know, donuts and, uh, and sugar cookies and all the Christmas cookies. That, you know, that's fun. But at the same time, you know, uh, hey, if you, if you, you, you can eat that in January if you want. If you want to buy cookies in January, you, you still can. You, so just let that fruit of self-control be there all the time, even, even during Christmas, praise God. Now, uh, number two, as we continue to uh, think about self-control and how this can help us to have a very memorable Christmas, I would encourage you to not just lose it when it comes to TV. When I'm talking about losing it, I'm talking about just like endless hours watching TV because you're off work and you've eaten a lot of food and, well, that's just what we do. Pastor Stephen, we sit down and we watch eight hours of football. That's just what we do. Well, I think, I think that self-control or sometimes called self-restraint should be exercised here too, where all things are taken in, in a sense, with moderation. And you know what? Enjoy some television. But you know what? Television in the morning until late at night and all day long, just because you don't have anything else to do, I, I, think, I think you can find some other options. I would suggest that this is a great time of the year to think about God's plan for your life for 2019. I think it's a really good time of the year to talk with the Lord and say, Lord, what are we going to do together in 2019? Lord, what's your vision 
for my life? What do you have on the radar that I want to be able to pick up and come into agreement with you concerning this great year that we're coming into? I believe that it's a time just sometimes you just turn the TV off and just sit back with the Lord and relax and hear from the Lord and don't get caught up into you know, just this stuff of the world that would just compete for all of your attention, and you don't really even give the Lord any attention because the TV never goes off. Praise the Lord. Just something to consider. I'm not against TV. Yes, I've got a 4K TV. Um, I've got a couple TVs in the house, but, you know, self-control, self-control. What is self-control? It's power over your desires. That's really what it is. And uh, power over soulless desires, power over carnal desires, not that they're even that they're wrong. Now, there are desires that are wrong. We definitely want to exercise control over that. But just, you know, self-control over anything that just says, you know what, I'm not going to watch 12 hours of TV today, or I'm not going to watch eight hours. Well, I'm going to spend time with the Lord today, and I'm going to find out what's cooking for 2019 before January before your feet ever touch 2019, you're already picking up on God's heart. Praise the Lord. Now, how to have a memorable Christmas and a very memorable Christmas season. I would say also do this. Let others go first. Let others go first. Praise the Lord. At the Christmas meal, when all the food's lined up and everybody grabs their plate and their knife and fork to get in line to grab the meatloaf or to grab the, you know, the carved ham or turkey and to get the mashed potatoes, let others go first. Because it seems like during Christmas, everybody is just like in a rush. Uh, everybody's kind of like stressed. So just be willing to step back and let others go first. If you're at the airport, there's a lot of stress at the airport. You have, you have parents flying with young children, <laughs> you know, from state to state, even internationally. And that's very stressful for the kids, very stressful for uh, young parents. And so, you know what, in times like that, if you have the ability, uh, just let them go in the line before you. You know, you kind of both hit it at the same time. Uh, just let them go. It seems like so many people are stressed out. You're, you're trying to uh, merge, whether it's on the highway or you're trying to merge, whether it's at the restaurant. Uh, just, just let somebody else go. It's okay. Stay in the peace of the Lord. Exercise self-control. And don't just get caught up with all the 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 rush rush busy busy that it just seems to come on people during these holidays praise the lord glory to god lord we give you praise hallelujah i would also say that to make this a very memorable christmas be sensitive to the people around you you'll you'll realize that even though people can be around people and there can be lots of people in a large place uh, there's still a lot of lonely people, and it seems that loneliness is heightened, particularly out of all the holidays or out of all the times of the year during Christmas. So I would encourage you to be sensitive to hurting people. It's the best time of the year to share the greatest gift of all with hurting and lonely people. And because they're hurting and because they're lonely, their hearts can be sensitive and open more than ever before. So it's a great time to share Jesus, the greatest 
gift of all with those who are out there in a very hurting and a very uncaring world. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe it's the taxi driver. Maybe it's the person helping with your luggage. Maybe it's the person uh, who is the waiter or the waitress who doesn't know God, who is just, you know, serving the food. And maybe even in a, you know, not so good of a mood. But you know what? It's times like that, that the love of God can touch people. So if you're caught up in everything else they're caught up in, you can't catch, uh, you can't catch that uh, spiritual sensitivity. But if you come in relaxed, uh, if, if you come in on purpose being sensitive to others, you can pick that up and you, you'd be surprised how easy it is to minister Christ to people during Christmas when you yourself have a calm and peaceful spirit. Praise the Lord. When you yourself are governing over your own life and there's peace and tranquility in your life, then you can speak with the love of God into the life of others. Self-control is very, very important. Uh, Proverbs chapter 16 verse 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, because there's some mighty people, they can't control certain areas of their life. And he who rules his spirit is better than he who takes a city. Okay, a person who could control and govern their own life is better than the person who takes a city. Praise the Lord. I believe that I believe that leaders should be able to lead. I believe that if they want to be in positions of leadership, we have the right to look at their track record. And if you are a politician and you're running for office, I believe we should be able to look at your life and basically say, if you're wanting to govern and rule and have access to the finances of this city, how did you govern in this previous uh, town that you governed over, you know, because uh, I know there was a story of a person running for a political office who uh, was the mayor of a town and they wrecked, they wrecked that town. I I know in North Carolina, there was a person uh, who, when they took over the mayorship of the city, the city had, the city had $30 million uh, uh, in the accounts. They were in the positive $30 $30 million plus. And this person took over when this person left. It, just two years later, when this person left, they had ruined the finances of the city, and the $30 million had been burned through through stupid projects that didn't make any sense and didn't work out or pan out. And the city was now $3 million in debt. That's bad leadership. I believe a person like that does not qualify to be in a much less a higher position, which is what they were running for. Praise the Lord. See, if you cannot govern your own life, if you cannot govern something that you're already ruling over, how in the world can you be faithful over something greater? You can't be. You're, you're going to bungle that too. You're going to, you're going to fumble it. You're going to mess it up. No, 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 no. Pastor Steve, we'll get it right this time. No, you have to be faithful and proven over where you're at. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Self-control, self-control. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. He who rules his spirit is better than he who takes a city. Glory to God. Here's another one I'd like. This is Proverbs. Now, Proverbs, of course, would mean wise sayings. Proverbs 25, verse 16. Have you found honey? Well, in the context of the old covenant, people living back then, you know, going back in, in time 2,800 years ago, it's not like they had, you know, candy like we, we have today with Belgium chocolates and, uh, you know, C's candy and, all, you know, the hard candy that, you know, kids have during Christmas and now and later and on and on it goes. Um, they didn't have that back then. So, uh, you know, they would have fig cakes <laughs> and things like that. They didn't have brownies. That, that would have been a, like a shock to their system. So honey uh, was the primary sweetener. That uh, and also what they would call date honey. Okay. Have you found honey? Eat only as much as you need lest you be filled with it and vomit. See, this is referring even to self-control with food, with candy, uh, date palm honey. Uh, you know, just because you have access to it doesn't mean that you should just gorge over it. Self-control. Self-control in every area of your life. Self-control with the TV. Self-control with your eating. Self-control uh, in, in your spending. Self-control in your shopping. Oh no, Pastor Stephen! This is Christmas, and we're going to buy we're going to buy things for people, even if we can't afford it. We'll just put it on credit card, and we'll figure out what to do with it later. No, that's that's the way to have a very unmemorable Christmas. I'm talking about self control. This Christmas, and it'll be the best Christmas you've ever had. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. You're setting yourself up to hear from the Lord. You're setting yourself up for a visitation. I've had, I've had some remarkable encounters with the Lord um, right around the Christmas time because of exercising self-control even during Christmas. And so you maintain your spiritual sensitivity in a time when a lot of people just let it go. I mean, they let their prayer life go. They, they're just nonstop busy, busy. And watch out for that Martha thing where you're cooking, 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 cooking. I'm talking to some ladies right now, and even to some guys who like to cook. You're cooking, cooking, cooking for others. But yet the Lord wants to minister to you, and He wants you to sit at His feet. But, oh, no, we can't, Lord. This is Christmas season. Well, you could miss your visitation, and you miss that word that you needed to hear. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, it's, it's everything in moderation, whether it's honey, okay, or whether it's TV, <laughs> or whether it's uh, uh, fellowship with others. Glory to God. Watch out for that. Um, my wife's mother, my mother-in-law, is um, she's quite a character. She is one of the funniest people you've ever met, and she, she can get you laughing. And See, here's the thing. When I first married Kelly, uh, I could connect in a way with my mother-in-law where we could just laugh and do these crazy, crazy things. But I have to be careful because, 
you know, the Lord's calling on my life at that time was was bringing me in the ministry, and I can't act like a, you know, like a, how can I say, like the jester at the, you know, in the king's court. I, yeah, yeah, I can make people laugh. That's something I've always had. I, even when I was in elementary school, I, I could make all the other kids laugh. I could do silly, goofy things and have everybody laughing. But uh, there was a point, like particularly during Christmas, where we all get together with uh, white elephant gifts and things like that. Um, I, I, I just, as a, as a Christian wanting to walk in the Spirit, I kind of had to back off of an area of engaging with my mother-in-law because she could make people laugh, and she would, she would do these crazy things like white elephant gifts that are. It would go over into what we would call um, coarse jesting. <laughs> She's a wonderful lady, but she could do some things that were really, really silly. And uh, oh, come on, Stephen, participate! You know what do you have that'll outdo that one? And I just. You know, because I, I could make the people laugh. Um, but a lot of times to do that, you, in, if you want to get carnal, you have to go over into gray areas. Then if you play that, gray areas could just go off the cliff real, real quick. So, you know what? I had to take up my cross even during Christmas season. Not just when I'm in the pulpit, even during Christmas season. What is that? It's self-control self-control saying, I want to make people laugh in the spirit, you know, not, not, not just in the flesh. Okay. Uh, but I want to, I know that's, that's, there's a lot of people that can do that, but I want to be the man that God's called me to be. And if I'm going to make people laugh, I'm going to get them over in the spirit and make them laugh. Then, then you have a memorable Christmas. Woo-hoo, hallelujah. Or you could be like a person like Robin Williams who made people laugh all over the world because of his movies, but yet in his own personal life, see, something's not winning, something's wrong. See, let the Spirit be dominant, always over the natural. Glory to God. Glory to God. Walk in the Spirit. Even during Christmas, Pastor Stephen? Yes, and if you'll do, it'll be the greatest Christmas you've ever had. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, how to have a memorable Christmas in the light of the fruit of the Holy Spirit of self-control. I would say, I would say slow down intentionally. Slow down. Remember, everybody's getting rushed, rushed, rushed. So just slow down. And if it means that you need to get somewhere earlier, just relax. Okay, now, now you don't have to be stressed out. Well, then do that. But try to slow down on purpose, knowing that everybody else is rushing and probably being stressed out because of that. Don't get caught up in that. Praise the Lord. I would also say during Christmas, and even now, leading up to Christmas, all around during this time, take extra time to pray. Don't lose your spirituality. Don't have a fake spirituality. Don't, uh, you know, have a speaker on the outside of your house playing silent night, holy night. Uh, you know, when you're all, you know, worked up and in the flesh and, you know, you know don't, don't be fake. Be real. And during Christmas, people want to see that. Praise the Lord. They're, they're looking for the real Christ. Hallelujah. Not just, um, you know, all of the um, plastic sets that we have and the plastic candles and the, all, all the lights. That's wonderful. I love all of that. I like all of that. I'm not against any of that. I love, I love all the trappings of Christmas. But just make sure that you're walking the real thing, and you can't do that without prayer. You cannot, you cannot have that spark. You cannot have that anointing 
You cannot have that sensitivity without prayer. Okay, so make sure that during all the Christmas holidays that you don't let your prayer time go down. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And I would also say that as we're nearing the end of the year, moving through the Christmas season, that you want to not just wait until like January when a lot of people think, well, in January, maybe, maybe Pastor Stephen will lead us on a corporate fast, and then, yes, then I'll get my spirituality back. No, don't ever lose it. Don't ever lose it. Make the year a push where all through December and even during Christmas, you have a mindset of, I want to stay close to the Lord. And if you've drifted because of all of the busyness, or perhaps because of a rough and tumble year, don't just say, well, you know what, I'm just going to say, who cares, and, and just, you know, you know, try to revive myself in January. Don't do that. You know, there's, there's NFL football teams right now that they already know they're not going to make the playoffs. They already know that, hey, it's going to be a losing season, whether they're, you know, sitting right now at three and eight or whatever it might be. They know that, you know, in a sense, the year's already over. But don't just, you know, be like in a situation where you think, well, even if the year hasn't been that good, who cares? You know, we're not even going to try. No. Okay. Still be pro-level. Still think, hey, you know what? I'm going to walk with the Lord. If it's been a tough year, if I've had challenges and maybe I haven't even seen the victory yet, I'm still going to pursue the Lord with all my heart. Here's why. You're very, very close to a breakthrough. You're very, very close to a miracle. And the whole thing can turn in one day. One encounter with the Lord, and all your losses are wiped away, and the glory is there, the energy is there, the life is there. Push, 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 push with everything that you have. Don't ever give up and just throw in the towel and say, ah, it's, it's the last few weeks of the year. Who cares? Don't do that. That's a deception. God's got a blessing for you. God's got a blessing for you for Christmas. God's got a blessing for you before January comes. Yes, January is going to be great. In 2019 is going to be epic. But my friends, you're still here in 2018. Glory to God. Make this a memorable Christmas. Make this a memorable Christmas. Exercise self-control. Discipline yourself to pray. Press in, press in. The Lord wants to talk with you. Mm. Yes, He does. He gives gifts during Christmas that are very, very weighty. Mm. Tune in with all of your heart. Glory. Glory to God. In closing, I want to say this. I would like to offer this suggestion to you of how to make this a very memorable Christmas, one that you never forget. I would, I would counsel you. I would urge you. I would um, grab you by the shoulders and just gently shake you and say this. If you want to have a very memorable Christmas, give for Christmas somebody a prophetic word. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I've never received one yet myself. Well, give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. Praise the Lord. For with the same measure that you give, it's going to be measured back to you. Give somebody a prophecy. Whether you call them up on Christmas Day, 
because they could be that person who just thinks, who cares? I'm just going to sit here all day and watch, watch, you know, watch football or, so, or something like that, or watch movies, or I'm just going to drown myself in my misery and try to just do something silly, maybe drink or whatever to, you know, to kind of quiet out my, my inner frustrations with my life. Okay. Give somebody a prophecy. Give somebody a word from the Lord. Pray for somebody. Get a word, for, get a word from God for somebody. And maybe, uh, maybe you can't call them, but maybe you can email them. Maybe, maybe you can get the word, the prophecy early, and you can write it out on a very pretty Christmas card. Come on, spend the $5, spend the $10 on a nice card. If it's a really good word from the Lord, don't buy the 99-cent card. Get the $8 card. Okay, make it a memorable Christmas for them. God will make it a memorable Christmas for you. And it doesn't take money to give a prophecy. It just takes waiting on the Lord, hearing from God, what would the Lord say about that precious person? Maybe the person's not even saved, but you can say, you know what, I was praying for you, and that God's got a plan for your life, and this is what I heard the Lord speak about your life. And they'd probably be stunned, probably be stunned, praise God. But you, you have loved ones, and you know, you can be very gracious about the way you share uh, you know, because there are those that don't be, maybe don't believe that you can hear from God or don't believe that God speaks today. So, you know, you can cloak it in, in a prophetic language where it's palatable or uh, eatable for them. You know what I'm saying? Praise God. But there's others that are wide open for prophecy, and I'm sure they would love to receive one. And you can be that vehicle of blessing that God can work through. That's why you can't let your spirituality go down for Christmas. It's really a time that you really need to have it up, and you need to be walking very close with the Lord. Do this. It'll be a Christmas you'll never forget. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are watching. Mm-mm. I hear, I hear the, uh, the, the Noel bells. I hear the silver bells. I hear for those that are single you press in, God will talk to you about the time for your wedding bells. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, that got some of you excited. Now, some of you, you're, that, that you're single. You're ready to pray now, aren't you? <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> silver bells, silver bells. Well, that's exciting, but I think you would probably find wedding bells a lot more exciting because God can talk to you about 2019, about you meeting that special person. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You need to be in prayer. You need to be walking close with the Lord. Praise God. Father, I pray for your people that the fruit of self-control be very strong. Be very strong. Some of you, you're going to be in atmospheres. You're going to be in places where you're going to be offered alcohol. Self-control. Self-control. I'm not getting into a teaching on, on alcohol, but... Uh, you know, I, I'm just saying, you know, self-control, self-control in all things. That's one thing that's very easy to slip over into a place where before you know it, you've had too much. After all, it only takes uh, two beverages and you're legally drunk. And wine, it's a lot faster than that. Just one full glass of wine, you drink that down, you are legally drunk. Self-control. That's something that I've just personally, I made a decision. My, my wife and I were both on the same page. We'll never touch alcohol. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. You've heard me teach on that before, but I'm just saying this is time to be self-control, time to be sober, glory to God. 
not toasted unless you're toasted on the Holy Spirit Woo! glory to God Father I pray for your people mm. the agape love and the other bookend of self-control let it be supporting all of this all of this glorious fruit in their lives we thank you Father God we thank you for a memorable Christmas and the exercising of the fruit of self-control we exercise it by faith through your wonderful grace to cause it to manifest we receive it we walk in it we thank you for it this is going to be a great Christmas Father we anticipate even things that only you could give a word from heaven maybe even an angelic visitation things that only you could give Father we receive say that say I receive say Father I receive in Jesus name Amen. Woohoo! Amen. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Father. Let's take communion today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'll never forget the time that me and my brothers, uh, with the course, my parents, we traveled to Virginia. I always loved going to Fredericksburg, Virginia, where my grandmother and my grandparents, my grandfather lived because they were the city people. We grew up in the country. So for Christmas, we'd get like an orange or an apple, or maybe a candy cane, or something like that, or something, you know, like a pair of socks or shoelaces. It's not very exciting for young boys to get, you know, a new pair of underwear. I know, I know we needed things like that, but for Christmas, you want something not that you need, but something that you desire. <laughs> so whenever we went to Virginia, where we're getting out of the sticks, we're getting out of the country, we're getting out of the backwoods getting out of the forest um, and going to the city. Ooh. But I remember one time we went for Christmas to Virginia to spend it with our grandparents. And um, it was the night before Christmas. It was real quiet. And me and my brothers, we went to sleep. My parents made sure that we were all asleep, you know, put us to bed at 8 o'clock at night. And uh, not a creature was stirring, not, not even a mouse. It was real quiet. And I just said, I said, said to my brothers, I said, you know what? I'm so excited because we couldn't, we couldn't fall asleep. I, I said, I'm, I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to sneak over to where the stairs are at and I'm going to go down the stairs just a little bit to be able to peek to see to see what Santa Claus is going to bring. Now, I didn't really believe in Santa Claus. I, I knew it was like a myth, but I had never really busted the myth. So I said, I'm just going to take a peek to see kind of like what's going on with the tree and, uh, you know, to kind of find out what's going on. Well, I guess it was like one o'clock in the morning and I tiptoed down those stairs just a little bit. I was still at the top of the stairs and looked. <gasps> I'll never forget it. I saw my mom and my dad, my granddaddy, who's now in heaven, my grandmother, who's now in heaven. I saw them putting presents underneath the trees. And I went back uh, to the bed and I whispered to my brothers, I said, Santa Claus is not real. <laughs> it's a great idea. It's a great concept, but it's not real. <laughs> but, but there will be presents. Of course, my brothers were like, what did you see? I, I said, I don't know. I said, one of the boxes was wrapped in blue and beautiful ribbon and all this. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So let's go to sleep. So, uh, you know, we thank God that, oh, oh, God is so real. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, God blessing His people. God is so real. And I believe, I believe during this holiday season you can tap in. I believe there's a ribbon anointing coming. 
uh, whenever you begin to smell in the spirit fragrances that are interwoven with other fragrances, uh, the the Catholic saints would, uh, the ones that had the close walk with the Lord, they would always call those ribbon fragrances. And it's fragrances that begin to twirl and swirl together, whether it's myrrh and frankincense, whether it's uh, honey and vanilla, when they begin to swirl together, you're getting, you're getting into the glory where there's an open heaven over your life, and I'm beginning to get into that right now, that, that realm is beginning to open up, and um, uh, there, there are glorious fragrances, and those are, when, that, when that's happening, spiritual gifts are being released, blessings from heaven are coming down, and you just need to open your heart and receive what the Lord would have for you. But many of the great saints through history's past, uh, through you know the, the 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 centuries past, many of the great saints often had dramatic encounters with the Lord uh, right around Christmas time. Christmas was always you know a big day for them, and we know technically Christ Mass, you know the, the celebration of the Lord and what He has done for us. So um, I I know that it's not a Jewish feast day, but I know that it is a time when people's hearts are more sensitive about the reality of, you know, what we would call sweet things, love, and, um, you know, your heart just wanting to go out to things that are lovely and, and peaceable, you know, nice Christmas songs and carols and things like that. So anything that will get people's hearts to the Lord, it's a good thing. It's like fishing. It's like a lure that draws even unbelievers to the truth that's behind it all, which is Christ. Glory to God. But this is a time to lean in. Uh, even, even in Pentecostal circles, like uh, Dr. John G. Lake talked about the Christmas angel, the, the visitation from the angel he had, I believe it was on uh, Christmas Eve. So, my friends, this is a time to reach out. I had the Lord come to me one time with a candy cane in his hand. Instead of, a, instead of like a shepherd's staff, he had a candy cane, just shaped just like the shepherd's nook in his hand. My goodness, get ready. Get ready to receive from the Lord. Don't let this be a time where you lose your spirituality. Let this be a time where you really press in. Glory, 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 glory to the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you for the bread and the wine, the juice. We consecrate it. We bless it. Father, we thank you for it. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. We thank you that we are a family of believers gathering from around the world celebrating the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, we're tied into you through Christ. Hallelujah. He's the great anchor of our souls. Thank you, Father. We pray that during this holiday season, Christmas season, that we can celebrate the Mass of Christ. We can really lean in and catch something sacred from heaven that you would give, because you give gifts. You give gifts. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Our hearts are open. We're ready to receive. Father, we receive the body of Jesus now with great joy. Amen. Let's partake. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Really pray about that, about giving somebody a prophecy. I mean, I mean, go before the Lord and pray. Ask God for a word, a good word for somebody. A good word for somebody that will really bless them as they go into uh, 2019. Hallelujah. And of course, I'll be praying for a corporate word 
that will build your faith and give you insight into what God wants to do for you as the body of Christ for 2019. It will be an exceptional year. Praise God. I'll believe I believe on that day, on the 31st, I'll be ministering in the, the, uh, the area of Atlanta, Georgia. So if you want to come out to that meeting, just check my itinerary. It's on the schedule. We'll have a really good time together. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that gives us access into your courts of heaven. Thank you, Father, for Jesus, the greatest gift of all given to the whole world, that whoever would receive him can receive eternal life through him. Oh, God, we thank you. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. This is a time of year when many come to know you through your Son, through acceptance of Him as our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Father, we receive the blood of Jesus now. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. If you're watching this program today, and uh, you're just intrigued about God, you're intrigued about Christ, and um, you're intrigued about heavenly things, but perhaps you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you've never invited Him into your heart. Well, I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that now, because Jesus has His arms wide open for you. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, please do so right now. Just pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to You, and I accept You as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to wash all of my sins away, for I, ha I have been a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood, and write my name in your book of life. I gladly accept you as my Lord and Savior. I turn from my sin, and I give my life to you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me now. Hallelujah. Praise God. And if you've prayed that prayer then you are born again, and Jesus has accepted you as His son, daughter, whatever position you might be in. Praise God. Your, your name is now on the roll of heaven. Praise the Lord. I want to encourage you to continue to watch these programs. Continue to walk with the Lord. All right, I've enjoyed talking with you. It's going to be a memorable Christmas. Thanks for watching today. I'll see you back again real soon. God bless you. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.